Jess, and this is my podcast. I spend countless hours a day thinking or talking to myself, so I figured, why not hit record? Join me every Thursday in the new year as we talk about life endeavors, our hopes and dreams, and past experiences. I have a lot to say, so buckle up. In a world of unknown, I want to share just a little bit about myself and my experiences to help others feel a little more, well, normal. We're all a little lost, but hey, we don't have to be perfect. No one is. We're all just trying to get by. Hi guys, happy Thursday. I apologize if my audio is not the greatest. I don't have my microphone on because I'm too lazy, but you'll just have to deal with it, okay? Alrighty, we have a special guest on today's podcast, and before we get into the interview, I am going to go through my five things I'm grateful for. Uh, Starting with number one, I am grateful that I'm able to make and carry this human being. Baby is getting more active, feeling them every day, and it's just a wild sensation and wild thought. I am also grateful for my dogs. They've been so cuddly lately, which has just been real nice because, you know, it's always nice to feel loved. (laughs) I'm grateful for my brother for taking the time to do this podcast with me and just grateful for him in general. He's a great human being. I'm also grateful for all our friends, we got to spend this last weekend with a lot of our friends that we haven't seen in a while, and it's just always such a fun time. It was a great weekend, and lots of laughs, and it really makes being pregnant around drunk people a lot more fun when you love the people. <laughs> and the last one, what will my last be? The last one's going to be my body pillow. So I got the typical pregnancy big u-shaped body pillow and I got it right away when I was pregnant where really most people get it when they have a full bump (laughs) but I have been loving it ever since and I told Corey after I have this baby I think I'm just gonna keep it because it's just that great (laughs) so very grateful for that and now that I am getting more of a bump and more like back pain and stuff it's been really helpful with that. So those are my five things I'm grateful for. Rush through it because I am tired and want to go to bed. But I hope you enjoyed this episode of me and my brother talking about switching careers and finding your happiness. All righty, here we go. (laughs) Okay, so first I want to make the disclaimer that I'm very tired tonight, so I will try to make this good. But if it gets cut short, that's why. I have a returning guest, Tyler. Say hello. Oh, hey, what's up? And today we're talking about switching careers. And the more I thought about this and looked at our notes, the more I think that you and your answers are going to apply to it a little more because even though I switched careers, I didn't necessarily switch careers to like benefit me in the way of like, I didn't like my old career and now I love my new career. It's kind of the opposite. 
<laughs> so I know you are like that. So I, I'll just go through the questions I have for you and then chime in with my two cents if I have any, which I'm sure I will. And we can just go from there. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, so let's just start off with where you were before your current role and now what is your current role? So I started in project accounting at a company called Stantec. And then I was there for four years. So what I learned there, I would say is I kind of taught myself Excel. But the reason why I kind of got into Excel was Jessica actually had a class at Stout that I helped her with. So I helped her with that. And I was like, wow, this is so much fun. So <clears throat> I kind of learned the system because we were MWH Global. So we were on a like an EMR system. Um, not EMR, but uh, a record system that kept everybody's hours and stuff like that. So I would have to create invoices for all the billing hours that I had. And so I learned kind of that way. I took on harder projects through there. Um, kind of knew I wanted to be an analyst. And then from there, I got promoted into a data analyst, probably like three and a half years into that job. And then COVID hit. And then I got let go. And then I took almost two years off to kind of figure out what I want to do. And through that time, I kind of found out, I think more as of recently, that I am very analytical, an analyst. Um, I would say that <clears throat> when I was off, I got into the stock market, got into crypto. I still follow it. Um, I'm just not as heavy into it as I was previously because that was kind of funding everything I had. So I was day trading. I was binary options. Um, I tried a little bit of Forex, which is foreign exchange currency trading, which I think I'll still do. Um, but I'm still trying to get to where I'm, I want to be with the company I'm currently at. And the company I'm currently at is On Point Medical Group. And with that company, I'm a financial analyst. I'm kind of like a data analyst slash business intelligence analyst as well. So I provide reports to upper management. So <clears throat> when I first started, I was supposed to be reporting to the senior vice president. And then they switched me right away to the director, executive director of finance. And now I report to the president of the company. So I, uh, have bumped around quite a bit, but I still take Excel classes um, on just advanced formulas. I take it on pivot tables. I take it on Power BI, Power Query. I take it on uh, Power Pivot. Um, SQL is going to be next. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do now. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. It is the best thing ever. That's so great. And it's so funny because our mom's an analyst too. And so all these things you're listing off, I'm sure majority of the people listening to this are like me and like, don't know what that is. But every time you talk to mom, she like knows what all this stuff is and yeah. you go on a rant and down a rabbit hole. 
but that's so great. Um, okay, so let's talk about how you first got into this job and what made you so you kind of switched careers kind of not it's kind of a gray area mm -hmm. with being let go and you were technically a data analyst mm -hmm. before um, at your previous job but what was it like looking for a new job and what was your mindset compared to that compared to now um versus when you were first looking for a job when you got your previous job um i'm probably unlike a lot of people i hate looking for jobs i absolutely hate it i look at it and i'm like oh my gosh this just sounds terrible oh this kind of sounds fun and interesting but to have to write a resume to have to go through all the bells and whistles to basically to me it's kind of false misrepresentation i have to pretend to be someone for them to hire me I, d I don't like that process so i try to be as much of me as i can which <laughs> which is kind of a lot sometimes but with this interview at the current job i had i actually interviewed and it was more technical based and after you know not having a job for two years kind of being you know by myself a lot um i didn't i kind of missed human interaction so it was i did have that technical background because i had spent so much time on myself and working on things like discord and things like you know the stock market the foreign exchange market analyzing things so i i took a break from excel but they asked me kind of excel based questions how i understood the flow of business um and so it was a different experience this time around because i felt like i for once in all of my interviews that i had i felt like i nailed it because it was more on the technical side um i have a hard time explaining the emotional side of things sometimes the emotional intelligence intelligence of interviews sometimes because um when i'm when I'm in the process of doing it, I don't remember how I did it. It's it just natural. Like it just comes to me. So with this job, I made it an effort to say, okay, once I got this job, I want to keep track of all the, you know, questions I may be asked if I get a different job down the line. So um, I, to be honest, I would rather pay someone just to write my resume for me. I just give them, okay, I'll review it and then send it. We'll get an interview, maybe hire a recruiter to find that. Because to me, that just takes a lot of stress and worry off me. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of like a college degree. It just gets you in the door. Mm -hmm. And the interview is the big thing that matters. Um, so what were you looking for when searching for jobs this time around? Was it different? So knew, was it a different mindset in the sense of were you being pickier or were you like, mm -hmm. okay, I just kind of need something to help pay the bills? Sort of. Yeah. Thing. So it was kind of a mixture of both. It was like I wanted to be picky because I still was working like part time con in construction work. But at the same time, it's like I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I loved being an analyst. Um, 
the biggest thing I realized is that I just needed a little bit more structure. So like if I were to leave my job again, get let go, something like that, I would understand that structure is what drives kind of the way that I operate structure, uh, structure and discipline. So you can have structure, but are you disciplined to stay to that structure? So that was kind of a big finding thing for me, but I totally forgot your question. What was it? It was just what you were looking for in jobs when you were searching. Oh yeah. Um, so I was looking for, I always just type in analyst, just a broad categorization. Um, I didn't really care what it was. I just knew that I wanted to be somewhere in data. I was actually looking more in the stock market because I had spent more time there. I don't know. I just love analyzing the technicals of the stock market. A lot of the news, you know, we see is, you know, the excuse of why the market moves. But, you know, people are piling in on positions before that news actually hits. So it's like news is the excuse type thing. So I wanted to kind of come in with a foot in the door explaining that stuff. But I, I still didn't understand everything is what I do now. Like I still keep up with all the federal, uh, federal reserve stuff, the interest rate stuff. So it's not just I'm an analyst in Excel. I'm an analyst of the market as well. At least I try to be. I'm not you know, I can't sell securities. I'm not licensed to do so. Um, but I just love analyzing that stuff. I just love numbers. And did so you, I knew I wanted to be numbers. And did you learn that during your time off or did you always know that? Um, I think I always knew that. I, I mean, I majored in math and physics because it's becoming more apparent to me that I just love a challenge. You know, like I'll do the most boring job as long as it's challenging. Like if you told me to find the most efficient way to get this most boring job done, hey, I will sit through hours of trying to figure it out. And that's kind of what is a strength, but also a weakness. Because as I sit through this stuff, I also lack decision making. So that's the give and take because I'm like, okay, well, what if I do make this decision and it kind of steers me off of where I actually want to go? And so it's that game of back and forth in my head of I'm overthinking things yeah. a little bit, but I just love numbers. Yeah. So what, what was your biggest takeaway from taking two years off for yourself when going back into the, what's it called? Workforce? Workforce. <laughs> um, so I would say the biggest thing I learned was I feel that everyone should take some time to really discover what they want, whether that be a week, two weeks. It's going to be different amounts of time for different people. Do you need to quit your job to in order to do that? No. It's just taking the risk to say like, hey, I'm going to try to learn this. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing I learned was just don't be afraid to take time off if you need it. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you were to die tomorrow, a lot of people would grieve for a week and things at work would go back to normal. 
you know, like we would miss you a lot, but work and life still have to go on. So as much as this sucks, like you're kind of just a piece to help them get to where they want to be. So it helped. The biggest thing I learned also was that I wanted to be somewhere where I could be of value, not just of use. I didn't just want to go there to push these things out. I wanted to build a business. I wanted to help build the business. But at the same time, I wanted to find a mentor to help me progress to where I wanted to go, which is hopefully an executive one day. Um, whether that be you know, at my own company or whether that be in the medical field, which is kind of where I'm going now, or it be in something I, I wouldn't even know. But uh, um, I just also love the medical field too because it's, it's such a challenge. And, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, there's just so much to learn. So yeah, those are kind of the biggest things. So I guess a recap is just, I wanted a mentor. I wanted someplace where I was of value and yeah, you're good. And I just wanted to be structured, disciplined. So. Um, I had another question while you were talking, but of course I forgot it. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> so how, um, how would you what advice would you give or how would you talk to someone looking for a new career because they're unhappy and what advice would you give them in looking for a career that makes them happy because I feel like that's the biggest thing nowadays is do something that makes you happy it's not work if you love it but Mm -hmm. so many of us don't actually do that and I feel Mm -hmm. like you're always there's always going to be bad or things you can complain about yep. in every situation. But if the majority is good, like one would think you'd be happy with that. And it seems mm-hmm. since you got this job that you're very happy with your job. So, or with your career. So how would you talk to other people, letting them know the importance of happiness in your career and how to find that? Yeah. So I would say, the biggest thing to that is what makes you happy outside of work. You know, what what could you see yourself doing daily to where it's like, even on the bad days, they're good days. Because with that bad day, you know that things go wrong, which means that you can fix them. In the moment, you're going to be pissed. Like, happens all the time with me it's like i absolutely love my job but when things start building up that's when i just i'm like man this day is just not going to plan but i'm starting to be a little more patient i mean i'm still not as patient as what i want to be but i would say find those things like for me it's math for me it's it's literally going down rabbit holes to figure out what i need so if i keep going down this rabbit hole and then i get stop I, I always think okay there's always another way to figure this out always i like that's the one thing i'm i'm learning too is that you know keep going until you find that happiness like keep trying everything it's you can be picky but be picky with a job don't be picky with your happiness so keep 
keep searching for the happiness that you that you ultimately we all have that happiness in us we aren't going to be happy 100 percent of the time but you're going to find how do i put this it's you're going to find something to where it's like you wake up every single i wake up every monday wanting to go to work i i almost dread the weekends now because i'm like i'm not working that's how that's how bad it's gotten because it's like i i feel like i'm finally making a difference so i think happiness comes when you when i i personally feel when you add value to either other people's lives to other people to other you know businesses um that's where i get my true happiness from but you know some people don't get their happiness from helping others maybe it's from um, you know, creating spreadsheets, not having to talk to anyone. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's being an engineer. Maybe it's, you know, being a nurse. Um, it's, I mean, those are kind of all things that are helping people, but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, you find, you find most happiness when sometimes when you almost least expect it, like I wanted to go to school for radiology meteorology i always wanted to you know analyze the weather um dig deep into that why does it rain why does it snow when is it going to snow but i ended up going down the path of finance and absolutely love it like i wouldn't change it for the world i absolutely love the path i went down so it's i've been told just give it a year before you start looking again type thing like if you absolutely hate it get out but if you want true happiness just find what makes you happy and if you're like i don't know what makes me happy think back to when you were a kid think back to when you had no you know care in the world you didn't have to worry about if your houses had had to be paid for you didn't need to worry about the bills that came you didn't need to worry about managing your money like what made you happy and once i once I did that, that's when things started to click again. It's like, I love music. And so I started playing guitar, but I went to never played guitar. If You know, I went to, I had to play at Jessica's wedding. So, so it's like, I love music. I, music is what drives me as well. So I always listen to music. I'm not a podcast person. Um, I love listening to a good podcast, but I would say 95% of the time I'm listening to music. It's just what makes me happy. And so if music makes you happy, you can listen to music at work or maybe go into the music field, right? Music makes people feel emotions that, you know, they may have a hard time letting out themselves. So that's why I think music is powerful. Um, You know, like sports. I took a break from sports. I took a break from watching the nfl i took a break from watching the mlb and i realized when i do watch it i just love that competitive edge so like that's those are things that make me happy those are examples of things that make me happy it's the competitive nature if you know riding motorcycles is happiness to you then try to find more time that helps you you know ride motorcycles if you love spending time with your dogs maybe volunteer at a shelter you know it's it's those little things but, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, oh, I, 
wish I could do that or, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I should, I should do that. But they never actually follow through with it. So I would say if you want to be happier, I challenge you to just take one step. It's not as scary as what you think it is. Okay, let's reel it back to the careers now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, what would you tell people of taking that risk? Because I know so many people don't take that risk because they have bills to pay. They've been in this job for so long. It's mm -hmm. comfortable. They're content, but it's just like another day or they're frustrated or just like not happy and it's basically just like looking towards retirement like how do you get people to take that risk what's how do you show them the benefit may be well worth the risk mm, that's a good question i know it's kind of loaded um i would I would say if you feel stuck, there's probably a reason for that. It's it's because you know yourself, your soul knows that you can do more. You just don't know what that more is. And that's why it's important to kind of take that time for yourself. Um, but as far as like, you know, I, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of this. It's flipping your mindset to say, I can get out of this. And then you have to find examples of people who have. So if you find enough people who have, because there's always someone that has gotten out of a situation that has been worse than you. Like if, if all you want to do is retire, but you don't know how, maybe you should ask how, you know, like, how do I retire? How do I do this? Who do I talk to? Um, and it's always good to talk to someone, maybe bounce it off your friends, you know? Um, I don't think there's any shame in, you know, seeing a therapist if you have, if you don't feel comfortable talking to your family and friends. But um, when it comes to like jobs and happiness, it's just taking that leap of faith to say, you know, I'm bettering myself. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I can always find another job. I mean, look at how many jobs there are in the United States. Look at how many jobs there are in your area, you know, depending on where you're listening. But you can always move. You can always go here. It's just you have to make that decision to do that. Um, but I, I think you're asking how do you get enough strength, I guess, to make that decision. You always have to view it from the perspective of, <laughs> like, if I were to stay here for the next 20 years, what is going to happen? Am I still surrounded by the, the same people? Do I want to be surrounded by the same people? In this moment, is this what I want? If it's not, then that, I think that's enough reason for you to say change. This is where you should change. Then the next question becomes, how do I change? What do I do? What are these steps that I need to take? There's really no steps. It's literally just kind of, I, this makes me happy. So I'm going to follow this happiness. Um, yeah, it's not I, the end of the world. Yeah. Go for it. I was just going to say, 
I think just asking yourself those questions and taking it question by question or answer by answer mm -hmm. and not trying to do everything at once. Like, mm -hmm. oh, God, I hate this job. Now what do I do? And you just load yourself on with like the broad topic of every career out there where mm -hmm. if you ask yourself, you know, like, is this where I see myself in 20 years or is this what I mm -hmm. want to be doing for the next 20 years? If the answer is no, then you need to ask yourself, okay, am I willing to go look for another job? If the answer is yes, okay, what do I like to do? And make a list of things you like to do or narrow it down and then mm -hmm. start looking in those topics or something like that. Mm -hmm. but I, would, I, uh, I also want to add like, I know you had a podcast on this, looking 10 years back, right? Like when you look 10 years back, how far have you actually come? What have you gone through to get to where you're at today? Can you not get through what you went through back then now? Like, sure, it's a different circumstance, but what did you learn from going through that that can't get you through this? You know, like that's the positivity and that's the hope and the happiness that, you know, hopefully anyone struggling um, can use is to look back. Okay, where was I two years ago? Where was I five years ago? What what was so hard five years ago that I overcame that, you know, can drive me to push through this time? You know, like I I know I've done it before. Why can't I do it this time? You know? Yeah, just the perspective of things. And mm -hmm. honestly, just digging deep and asking yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Or mm -hmm. allowing yourself to think of your safety nets like what mm -hmm. do I have to lose if you know if they say no what am I losing or if I if I'm saying no to this job like what do I have to go back on like you said there's so many jobs out there worst case scenario you just get a random job like in retail or something like that while mm -hmm. you continue looking if you obviously still need the bills to pay and stuff like that but at the end of the day, just asking yourself, like, what's the worst that can happen? Because the mm -hmm. best that could happen is you find a career that you love and you're actually happy and you're not sitting in your current state, miserable every day, not wanting to go to work like I'm sure 90% of us are. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Is it better to ask what's the worst that can happen or what's the best that can happen? Because if you ask yourself, Oh, what's the worst that can happen? You start thinking of all the worst things that can happen. Well, I think it's perspective. But what if, yeah. But what if I say, what, if, you know, what's the best thing that you can happen? And now I want you to think of the best possible scenario that can happen every single time, because what you think about is what you become. Right. So if you are overthinking, if you're always thinking like, Oh, you know, I wish I wish I had a drink right now. Wish I had a drink right now. Wish I had a drink right now. Odds are really good. You're probably going to end up in the bar, you know, every single weekend, drinking every single weekend. Maybe have a drink every single night. And maybe it's not that big a deal. Like, I'm, I could care less if you drank or not. Um, but it's just those little things. So to me, I'm always thinking, I'm always scheming of work. I'm always thinking about work, but I'm also overanalyzing. So, I started reading, um, I just started how to think and grow rich. And I'm only like 
20 or 30 pages in and there's been so much good stuff in there already that is just kind of helping shift my perspective more. Yeah. But I, I think it's also like how you motivate yourself because thinking what's the worst can, that can happen may motivate you because you may realize like the worst that can happen isn't even really that bad. Mm -hmm. But also to your point of perspective what's the best that could happen could outweigh the worst even if the worst is bad Mm -hmm. so i think that's important too of asking yourself both those questions yeah yeah we get kind of in circles tonight but (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) um okay um i thought i had one more question um I guess just wrapping up, what's what's one piece of advice you would give to those searching for a new job or scared to take a step in finding a new job? I want you to think of the best possible scenario and don't like... If it's, oh, I I found this dream job where I'm learning from this, you know, mentor that I wanted and I'm making X amount of dollars, like it can be literally anything just as long as that makes you happy. I challenge you just to write that down and read it or look at it every single day in the morning or at lunch. The more you do it, the more that, like I said, it kind of gets ingrained in your head. You're thinking about that all the time. And when you're thinking about that all the time, those things just start to come into your life. Like, I I don't have any explanation for it, but, you know, um, it, it does help. Like, first ask, what makes me happy? Okay. If you don't know what makes you happy, then... What are, you know, what are things you do that make you feel less anxious, that make you feel less sad? Mm -hmm. Because that's, you can't go from sad to happy right away, like overly happy. Sometimes you have to build out of that, right? Because all you know is sad, sad 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 and then a sad 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 oh oh oh, oh yeah happy happy sad, <laughs> sad happy 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 you know yeah. so i i definitely have gone through the hard to me it was hard like the hard side of things and i don't ever want to go back it was very hard but it was finding me again finding my happiness again but I understand it's not just about like, oh, it, you just find your happiness. It's it's literally work. It's it's a process to get out. It's literally like I need to be only 1% better today. You might not see it tomorrow, but in a year, if you're consistent and you're disciplined to just like, I'm going to do this one thing that makes me happy one time a day. Like y- your brain starts to say, hey. I have less negativity in my life and more 
positivity in my life. Yeah. And, and so that, you basically have to train your brain again to say less negative, more positive. Right. And not compare yourself to others and where they are mm -hmm. in their life because they mm -hmm. may be a year ahead of you, you know, they may, but mm -hmm. they also had to start somewhere and we all start somewhere. And so not comparing yourself to others. And I think a huge part is also finding people who will support you and who will be positive because there are so many people out there who may support you, but may come off in a negative way. For instance, like, oh, good for you. I could never do that. Or um, like, just kind of portraying their fears onto you, mm -hmm. which they may they may support you, but and they may not realize that they're coming off negative. But I but the more people that put that negative or self doubt in your head, the more you're going to hear it, just like you were saying with the positivities, and the more you're going to believe it. So I think finding the mm -hmm. people who truly support you, but also come at you in a positive with positive feedback is super important, rather than yeah, like, I hope you can do it. Or, you know, like, I don't know, it, it, it's, yeah. it's saying so how, how, how do you do that? How do you realize that you're around that negativity? If that's all you ever know, you know, like, oh, how do you I know what's feel positive? It. I think you start to feel you know? some doubt, or at least me in my own experience, you start mm -hmm. to doubt yourself, or you start to worry about, well, they said that, or why are they saying that? And I think again to me it's kind of like automatic and it kind of shuts you down of like okay I don't really want to talk to you about this anymore because it's mm -hmm. like I don't want to hear that answer and sometimes you may need to hear that answer but when you're dreaming and trying to find your happiness there should be no reason that you have to listen to negativity mm -hmm. like there's always going to be some negativity but I yeah you're you're exactly spot on with that. It's it's becoming aware of the fact that you know you're surrounded by, I guess, the people who aren't wanting to go where you want to go. Like some people will, and some. Sorry, we got cut off. You were saying some people won't want to go with you, and some people will. Yeah. And that's the hardest, that's the hardest part, because do you want what's best for you, or do you want what's best for you based on the opinions of others? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. It's realizing kind of like who is there to support you and who is not there to support you yeah. and it's it's not you even have to talk to these people every single day like i have friends that i don't even talk to every single day but every time we get together it's just like it's like we never left you know it's like i'm not saying that i'm just saying other people it's like that feeling that you get like oh man i don't really like this person very much like they just aren't my they just aren't my person and that's okay mm -hmm. everyone everyone can you know talk to have the opinion of 
whatever they want because we're all our own individual people. You're always going to be, you're always going to go towards the people that you want to be around. So I don't think there's any shame in saying, Hey, you know, this was a time in my life where I was, I was talking to these people and then you kind of move on. It's not that you have to cut all ties off to talk to them. And it, like the more I'm kind of growing up per se, the more you kind of realize that. For sure. And I think mm -hmm. it's okay to feel mm -hmm. that way about people very close to you and people who, like I was saying, are supporting you, but not realizing how they're coming off because mm -hmm. maybe they're not ready to go that way with you or take that mm -hmm. step with you. And it's okay to leave them behind and they're still going to support you, but don't let them hold you back. Cause I know mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard. Those people super close to you to get held back by them because they've always been your number one supporter. And in this certain scenario, it may not feel that way anymore. And so mm -hmm. I think finding those people where it does feel that way and not mm -hmm. feeling bad about it because mm -hmm. at the end of the day your happiness is all that matters and if you think about it you're most people work eight hours a day five days a week like that is so much of your time every week every month every year and it's just it's not worth being unhappy and I get it like people need bills to pay and there are certain scenarios, but you have to ask yourself, like, what's an excuse and what truly matters and how is it, how am I going to be happy? Like, if you're mm -hmm. truly miserable, you could probably find something else that may not be your dream job, but it'll still pay the bills and create less stress. And even just taking that first step. I think is huge because mm -hmm. it's just life is too short to be miserable for that. Yeah. And it's just, and for me, it's just organization. Like I'm a very organized person and I have to be just because my OCD kicks in. So I always say, where am I going? And then I work back from there. And that's exactly how I got through college too, is with math problems. I said, okay, what's the answer? How do I work back from it? Mm -hmm. Not. I'm in this problem and I know how to do it. Like that's just not how my brain operates and that's okay. Like that's like, I would rather go Google the answer and learn myself by following through the steps than struggling through it. Yeah. The struggle is okay. But if, if I can learn the exact same thing you're learning through the struggle, I might as well go struggle with something else. I'm not, you know, just think of how much more struggle I can go towards, you know, because I already know, oh, I don't really need a struggle. Someone has probably already done this before. I mean, it, sound, it sounds like cheating, but that's just the way that my brain operates. It's like, okay, how, how do I find the fastest way to do this? Okay, I'm going to do it this way. Do I understand it? Yes or no. If I don't understand it, redo it. If I do understand it, hey, let me go. Let me go find more, something else. More of the story. We all learn in different ways. <laughs>
Okay, before we go on more struggle tangents, um, I'm going to call it a night because I'm getting tired. Yeah. But I mean, everyone struggles. That's that's just a, that's just the way to life. So, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for your input. I'm glad you're enjoying your career, and it's nice and a little weird talking to someone who looks forward to going to their job because I think that's a rare occasion in the world we live in, unfortunately. But I'm glad we got to speak to you and just learn how you've been navigating through your career and hopefully help others if not navigate through theirs at least hear a story of someone navigating through theirs because sometimes it just starts by listening to others and realizing mm-hmm. if they can do it I can do it yeah I think the biggest thing like the reason why I'm so happy is because I'm like this is what goes through my head I'm like okay well if I do this I think this will you know make me shine and then I and then I can get to where I'm going here and then I can go to here and then I can go to there and then I'm like well then if they don't want me then I'm like oh then I have all this experience and then I can go to this job and then I'm like oh my gosh guess what I could learn at here so I'm like there's really no losing the only losing is when I'm just in a pissy mood myself so I guess that's why I love my job so much that's good that's great I think it's all all perspective too and just Shifting the mindset, yeah. you know, of thinking that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I will bid you adieu. Is that the same? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for having me again for yeah. the third time. I know. You're our most repeated guest and our most yeah. goes down a rabbit hole guest. <laughs> oh man i know that's one thing i need to work on I, you know oh, I, I just get so passionate stuff talking about this stuff fine. That that's just, who you are you know people yeah. don't like that fuck them that's their problem oh watch it there are kids listening what one just one we checked <laughs> all righty um okay before we leave i want to hear three things you're grateful for I am grateful for you because otherwise I wouldn't be here right now. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for my lovely girlfriend, Catherine, because she's so amazing and great. And I'm so grateful for my dog. Oh my gosh. I love my dog so much. She's so great. Oh, I just want to snuggle her. Dogs are so great. It was so funny tonight. Quick story. Joe was like, so neat. I don't know what she wanted I, I she was just bored I don't know but she literally I was laying on the couch like sideways and she sat right on top of me like straddled me I sat on my butt and then like laid her body and her head on top of my head like all over me and I was like okay and then um I had to get up in peace I'm like okay go by dad and I like walked her over by Corey and she like did not want anything to do with them. And usually she's like, the biggest fan. And she just yeah. stood, turned her head and like watched me walk up the stairs and like looked so sad of like, I want you. <laughs> it was like so clingy to me tonight. It felt good. But also I needed some space. But moral of the story, dogs are great. Okay.
That's all I got for Give you. Give me your three things. What are your three things? Well, I'll be saying mine before the podcast, but I'll give you three more. Um. Oh, sorry. If you're going to say them before the podcast, then go for it. Yeah, because I don't really have any because I haven't recorded it yet. I'll record it after this, but it'll be, be- it'll be before this <laughs> when it airs. Um. So, yeah, I'll do them then. All righty. Well, you have a good night. Thank you again. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. It's always great having you. Oh, thank you so much. Love you. Love you. A special thanks to my brother, Ty, for playing and recording my theme song. Thanks, Ty.